0: The last decade has been the hottest on record.
1: We are facing an environmental crisis that is putting humans, animals and ecosystems at risk.
0: We're two journalists from opposite sides of the world.
1: Listen as we discuss current climate issues, bring to the front scene interesting people and offer you information on how to face the crisis the world is facing.
0: You're listening to Four Corners, a podcast about environmental issues.
1: Hello, everybody! Welcome to the second episode of Four Corners.
0: My name is Charlotte Glorieux, and I'm a French journalist from Montreal, Canada. And my name is Fernanda Gandara. I am a half Guatemalan, half Chilean journalist, currently based in Santiago de Chile.
1: Last week, we brought you along the explanation of the genesis of our project,
0: Four Corners. We went from meeting extinction rebellion in London, to explaining how we perceived the mediatic discussion around the climate crisis, And we also introduced you to the two other members behind Four Corners, Ali and Alex. This week, we'll take
1: you on a deep dive to understand the climate crisis at its core. Because we know science classes might be a bit far and that not everybody has the time to carefully pay attention to
0: everything being produced in the news about climate change. First, we're going to give you a few definitions that will get us all on the same level. So I'm going to start with climate change which you've probably heard of a lot. But what exactly does climate change mean? Well, it's basically a change in the state of the climate that persists for an extended period, typically for decades or longer. This is according to the IPCC report. And just to give you an idea, climate change includes warming oceans, shrinking ice sheets, extreme weather events, ocean acidification, and among other things that you'll get to learn about throughout this first season.
1: All right, so that's climate change. Now, let me talk about global warming. So global warming is the estimated increase in global mean surface temperature, average over a 30 year period, and generally expressed relative to pre-industrial levels. And this is also according to the IPCC which is also known as the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Uh, So it's the UN body aiming to deliver objective and scientific information about the climate.
0: So pretty much global warming is the increase in global temperature, as Charlotte already said. And over the past 50 years, it has increased at the fastest rate in recorded history. Actually, all but one of the 16 hottest years in NASA's 134 year record have occurred since 2000. So global warming is at its worst right now. Indeed.
1: Um, so this week we decided that instead of giving you a long history lesson that I'm not really sure everybody would appreciate um, after working so hard in class or having a lot of, you know, Zoom meetings and all that. So uh, we decided to instead do a little quiz, have a little bit of fun and um yeah figure out what we know about the climate change climate crisis
0: yeah and that way you can learn with us because we're no experts so we're probably gonna get a few answers wrong Um, but in case we do we thought of a way to make this more interesting
1: yeah we thought it would be fun to make dares for each other and whoever loses the quiz will have to do what the other says
0: Yeah, so my there for Charlotte, and she has no idea about this. (laughs) Um, So a little bit of context. She currently has meat in her diet, but she's told me several times that she's very interested in learning how the way we eat impacts the planet, and especially how agriculture plays a big role in the environmental crisis. So all that to say, my there for you, Charlotte, is that you cut out red meat from your diet.
1: Oh, wow. I mean, why not, honestly? But I do... Let me just put my twist on my challenge, if I may. Um, so, as you all know, the cl- the Christmas festivities are upon us. So let's say I start the challenge in twenty twenty one.
0: Okay, that's not too far away, so that's fair.
1: Like as of as of January twenty twenty one. So I don't miss out on the whole like turkey and all that. Um, I'll completely cut out. I'll cut out meat. And, like, you know, birds and all that. Like, I won't eat chicken as well.
0: Oh, wow. I'll do, I'll do the whole thing. I said red meat, but if you want to do it all, that's great. I'm excited. Um, please do look up all the vitamins and necessary supplements that you need to take. Yeah. Because it's always very important for anyone that wants to become vegan or vegetarian.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I'll for sure make my little research. Um, and for you, Fernanda, my little challenge. Um, because I know it's summer where you currently live. So I'm thinking that I could challenge for you. Let's say every time you have to go somewhere that's not possible for you to go by feet, you have to take your bike. So you can't use public transport or your car. I really want you to go all the way. Um, and of course, I mean, if you have to go like somewhere that's, let's say five hours away, you, you, can, you can make the exception. You don't have to, Yeah. <laughs> you know make a whole
0: expedition (laughs) that sounds like a fun challenge i actually enjoy biking a lot the only problem is that i live in santiago and the city is not very friendly with cyclists because we don't have that many bike lanes but you know that's part of the challenge so it should be interesting
1: yeah of course be safe of course i don't want you to like you know get killed by some crazy driver or
0: something i'll be safe i'll stay safe
1: you're excited i'm excited
0: i'm excited i might do the challenge even if i win
1: yeah that's what i was gonna say I might just do it because I've I'm honestly like little parentheses food is one of the areas where I'm I'm most I haven't done that many changes in my life and I'm, I've always been intrigued by people who go vegan or go vegetarian so I'm excited to to do something about it and maybe who knows maybe I'll I'll stay that way for for the whole year
0: <laughs> yeah imagine you're gonna have to keep us updated
1: yeah I'll definitely do that
0: found a quiz by Earth Day, which is an organization that's aiming to build the world's largest environmental movement. Yeah, and they have over 75,000 partners in over 190 countries.
1: So that's a lot of people.
0: Yeah, it's a big movement. And the quizzes are really fun. So we're going to leave the link in the description in case you want to try some of the quizzes when you finish hearing this episode. So let's see how it goes for us first.
1: <laughs> yeah, because there's a few quizzes and we're not... We're not going to do all of them, so you'll definitely have some. So the first question is a true or false. So wasting less food is a way to reduce greenhouse gas emissions.
0: I say true.
1: Um, I'm going to say true, yeah. Yay, correct. Yay! So we both got the question right. Uh, so the explanation is that more than a third of the food produced globally never makes it to the table. Some of this wasted food spoils in transit while consumers throw some of this food out. That's crazy.
0: That reminded me um, when we were living in Denmark. I don't know if you remember, Charlotte, but we actually went to an event. It was sort of a fair Um so there was a group of people who were trying to make people conscious of how much food got wasted in Denmark. Specifically in Aarhus, which is where we lived. Um, and the thing is, they picked up food from the trash outside supermarkets and they made a whole event where you could go and eat for free. And I'm not kidding, it was a whole menu, like you had different types of salads. Oh, it was a full menu. I think we were like 80 people or something like that and we all got to eat a lot yeah we were a lot of people that was really good and imagine that's in a small city so i'm wondering how it is in our countries or in our current cities
1: that's that's the thing though i feel like denmark is like doing something about it but like for example if i take canada i've never heard at least from people taking that initiative yeah me
0: neither maybe we should start it (laughs) we should we should <laughs> we should make our christmas dinner out of literally i'm not kidding that the event we went to it was as if it was a christmas dinner or uh you know what oh
1: yeah it was delicious we had we had a
0: smoked salmon like <laughs> we did like smoked salmon toasts it was delicious but it is true that a lot of food gets wasted and it does pollute so people please don't waste your food
1: yeah. And if if you do have to throw it out for some reason, I don't know, your, your chicken got bad or something, uh, please consider compost. Yeah. That's always a good initiative.
0: Okay, let's go to uh, the next question. So which of the following is a greenhouse gas? Okay, just I'm gonna make a parenthesis to explain to our listeners what a greenhouse gas is. So greenhouse gases are gases that trap heat in the atmosphere. That's pretty much what it means um, so the alternatives are co2 ch4 water vapor or all of the above hmm, let me think about this for a second
1: <laughs> i mean co2 right not not water vapor i don't know what ch4 is
0: ch4 is methane
1: ah, i'm gonna say co2
0: i'm gonna say all of the above i'm not sure about water vapor but i'm certain that ch4 and co2 are Yay, I got it correct. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> ah, The answer was all of the above. Wow.
0: Yeah. So the explanation is greenhouse gases can be a result of natural occurrence or human activity. And yeah, they include water vapor, carbon dioxide, methane, ozone, and so on.
1: Wow. That's crazy. So by, just by boiling your water to make pasta, you're actually contributing to making greenhouse gases. I mean, obviously, that's not the, the, the leading um, source of greenhouse gases. Continue to make your pasta. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> it's not going to make a big difference, but yeah.
1: So let's do the third question. So what is the greenhouse effect? The first option is the name of climate change legislation that passed by Congress. The second option is when you paint your house green to become an environmentalist. That's interesting. Um, And the third option is when the gases in our atmosphere trap heat and block it from escaping our planet. And the fourth option is when you build a greenhouse.
0: Option three, right? Yeah, option three, definitely. I feel like with my parenthesis, people already knew that it was this option. So yeah, as as we said, greenhouse gases are gases that trap heat. So the greenhouse effect is when the heat is trapped and blocked. Uh, from escaping the planet so it stays in the atmosphere that's why they're bad because they stay there and they heat the planet they warm the planet so that's the whole problem (laughs) yeah okay so the next question is very interesting it says which of the following are consequences associated with climate change first one is the ice sheets are declining Glaciers are in retreat, globally, and our oceans are more acidic than ever. The second option is surface temperatures are setting new heat records about each year. Okay. Third option is more extreme weather like droughts, heat waves, and hurricanes. And fourth option is global sea levels are rising at an alarming fast rate, 17 centimeters in the last century alone, and going higher. Or all of the above. I'm gonna go with all of the above. (laughs) Um, I think I'll go with the
1: same answer as you.
0: Woohoo! I got it right! Yay, me too! (laughs) You know, the sad part about all the consequences that we just read is that humans are accountable for most of them.
1: Yeah and actually if we go back a little bit in history, we can notice that when humans invented the steam engine, it coincides with a period uh, marked by the beginning of a strong increase in the use of fossil fuels, which was initially coal, um, which pollutes a lot and which accelerated the emissions of greenhouse gases, with one in particular, the famous carbon dioxide.
0: Yeah, actually, um, I'm going to also leave the link in the description, but NASA has a graphic that shows the level of CO2 and it shows that since the industrial revolution that Charlotte was just talking about, uh, CO2 emissions have only increased. So it's pretty much all that we are seeing today. At least 90% is because of human activity.
1: So if we go back to the quiz, um the next question is what can you do to help fight climate change the first option is divest from fossil fuel companies the second option is engage yourself in the science behind climate change Um, or vote for political candidates who will advocate for climate related legislation and policy improvements or all of the above
0: all of the above obviously yeah Me too. Woohoo! About that, I just wanted to say that I think the third option is very important. Voting for the right political candidate, trust me, it makes all the difference. Yeah. And you're going to learn more about this in our next episode, where we'll discuss how the politicians in our respective countries are dealing with the problem. Um, We haven't recorded the episode yet, but we have talked about it and the differences are huge. So, choosing the right candidates, I think, makes all the difference. Okay, so going back to the quiz, the next question is a true or false again. So it says The overwhelming majority of scientists agree that climate change is real and caused by humans. I'm gonna go for true. Yeah,
1: me too, I'm gonna say true. Yay, correct. Oh wow. So the explanation says that study shows that 97% of climate scientists who are actively publishing agree that climate change is likely due to human activity. I wonder what's happening with the 3% of people who don't believe that. That's that's kind of interesting to like know about, you know, people in the field who don't believe that it's human made. Yeah. So the next question is what was agreed to in the Paris Agreement that came out of COP21 that was held in Paris in 2015? So just to give everybody a little bit of context as to what is the Paris Agreement and the COP. um, So the Paris Agreement is a historical event that happened in 2015 and it's aiming to strengthen the global response to the threat of climate change and It was adopted at COP21, as the question said. And COP, by the way, is short for Conference of the Parties. And one key task of the COP is to review the national communications and emissions inventories submitted by the parties.
0: Yeah, actually, I think people will remember this, but COP25, which happened last year, so in 2019, it was supposed to be in Chile. I was actually a volunteer and I trained and everything for the event. But then we had a major social crisis and the government had to cancel the event. And I think people remember this because Greta Thunberg, which, I mean, I, I think all our listeners know who she is. But in case you don't, she's an environmental activist uh, from Sweden. And she traveled by boat from Europe to uh, New York. Yeah. And then she was supposed to come to Chile, but she never made it here. So she had to go all the way to Spain um, <laughs> by boat again. So well, yeah. Talk about commitment.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and actually, other fun fact about that, um, I follow very randomly, but I follow a YouTube channel by a family of of Australian sailors, and um, they actually hosted Greta from Madrid to New York, and it was very cute to see her in the in the vlogs. It didn't look easy though to cross the Atlantic
0: oh no, I bet it wasn't easy, but, you know, she's really committed to the cause. And in case you don't know, Greta did this because she doesn't fly, because planes are among the most polluting means of transport. Yeah. End of parentheses, we can go back to the quiz. (laughs) So just to
1: repeat the question uh, after this very interesting parentheses, so what was agreed to in the Paris Agreement that came out of COP21, which was held in Paris in 2015? The first option is to protect biodiversity and end deforestation of the world's rainforest. So the second option is to keep global temperature rise well below two degrees Celsius pre-industrial levels and to pursue a path to limit warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. Third option to limit sea level rise three feet above current levels. And the fourth and last option to pursue a goal of 100% clean, renewable energy wow i wish it was the fourth but i think we all know it's the second right
0: yeah it's the second one and i think everyone will know this because the 1.5 degrees celsius is a very famous number magical number (laughs) yeah fun fact we almost called our
1: podcast (laughs) 1.5 almost (laughs) i think four corners is better but you know
0: yeah yeah we were undecided because this number is quite important and this agreement is also historical. Every nation on earth signed it, and I think the listeners who don't know much about the agreement have at least heard the name, especially because in the past months, it has caused controversy as Donald Trump decided to pull back from the Paris Agreement. And maybe a lot of you guys started to learn what was agreed on and why it's important for all countries to be a part of it.
1: And just to give you a little bit of more of context, um, the explanation says that scientists believe that the famous 1.5 is the largest increase in global temperature that we could experience without causing catastrophic change to the Earth's climate.
0: So to put this number into perspective, there's a paper called The Human Imperative of Stabilizing Global Climate Change at 1.5 degrees Celsius. (laughs) It's a long name, but don't worry, we'll put the link in the description if you want to check it out. But basically the paper gives examples of how by limiting warming to 1 degree celsius rather than 2 we would avoid many catastrophes. For instance, limiting warming to 1 degree would mean that 10 million fewer people would risk losing their homes to rising sea levels and that at least 2 million square kilometers of permafrost would be saved. So, of course, 1.5 degrees will still bring consequences but they'll be way worse if we don't reach that goal and people's lives will be affected.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's kind of hard to
1: imagine how one degree difference can mean that 10 million people would be affected and, by climate change and risk losing their homes, as you said. Like, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't think that one degree makes that big of a difference, but it does. And it's huge. So, our next question is, which of these countries emits the most carbon dioxide? China, the United States, the UK, or Russia?
1: I'm gonna say China.
0: Yeah, me too. Woohoo! So, the explanation that Earth Day gives is that China is the biggest polluter in the world, accounting for 30% of carbon emissions while the U.S. ranks at number two, accounting for 15%.
1: Okay, but 30% of global carbon emissions, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, and the fact that only two countries emit almost half.
1: You're right, you're right. Because
0: it's 45% with only China and the U.S. No, you're right. So that's insane.
1: Yeah, just tiny parentheses. I think we all remembered seeing China's um, infograph of their emissions of carbon dioxide during the pandemic, Uh, there was a significant decrease in their emissions. But sadly, it all um, went back to normal as soon as their lockdown ended. So
0: but at the same time, like they have a big population. And, you know, the more people, the more pollution, because the more emissions and it's a whole cycle. (laughs) Yeah, let's go to the next question. So the next
1: question is, what percentage of the global greenhouse gas emission does the transportation sector emit? Ooh, okay, so the first option is 1%, second option 14%, 33% or 70%? I'm gonna say 33.
0: I'm gonna go with 14. Because 33 is too high. Correct! 14, You're right. but
1: that's still high. Yeah, that, that is still high. And according to it, the explanation, um, most of this involves fossil fuels uh, burn for road, rail, air, and marine transportation, since petroleum-based fuels, which is like gasoline and diesel, account for almost all of the world's transportation energy. That's why you have to use your bike.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to start using my bike more. Or if you have the possibility to get an electric car, that's also a greener alternative.
1: My home country of Canada actually just announced that people will not be able to buy new cars that um, operate with uh, fossil fuels. So that means they'll, you know, have to buy um, electric cars or they can always buy um, used cars um, in 10 years. So by 2030, I think that's like, a big change, we'll see how that goes, obviously, but I do have, like, one interrogation, though, is that, yeah, cars that work with electricity, uh, don't produce, um, greenhouse gases, but, like, the way to build them still produces carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases, and, um, actually, I've read a lot about, like, the battery used by the cars and they pollute a lot because they, they you know they have a lot of toxic stuff in there um so it's not like i feel like it's more of a band-aid solution honestly but it's a step in the right direction but i do feel like it's not enough
0: yeah i see what you mean the next question is also about greenhouse gas emissions and it says Globally, which of the following economic sectors emits the largest percentage of greenhouse gas emissions? So the options are transportation, buildings, industry, or electricity and heat production. Oh, I'm going to go with industry.
1: I'm going to say industry as well, thank
0: you. Oh, no. No. (laughs) It's electricity and heat production. So the electricity and heat production emits 25% of the global greenhouse gas emissions, followed by agriculture, forestry, and other land use, uh, with uh, 24%.
1: If I may just um, add a little context, I can see like the different percentages, and they're all very close. Like industry is 21%, so it's like. Buildings is the least, like, buildings is 6%, and transportation is 14 but, like, the top three is electricity, agriculture, and industry. We were close. <laughs> Almost right.
0: <laughs> okay, it's time to see the results. And editor's note, we cut out a few questions for the episode. Finish quiz? So I got 9 out of 10 points. I only had one question wrong.
1: Oh my god. Pro. I got seven out of 10. I got three questions wrong.
0: Ugh. Ooh, you're gonna have to go vegetarian. <laughs> oh my
1: God. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm actually excited too. So I'm gonna look up like recipes
0: and eat a lot of tofu. No, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. Actually soon we'll have an episode on veganism and agriculture. So I'll definitely ask for your update in that episode. And we'll get to discuss delicious vegan recipes.
1: I'm, exi- I'm excited. I might include those in my, my new diet. The new recipes we learned. So that was fun. We got to learn a lot about climate change and uh, greenhouse gases, the Paris agreement, a whole lot of subject. So now we wanted to talk about three main points, which are consequences of climate change. And the first one being the loss of biodiversity. Um, So what can you tell me about that for?
0: According to the Global Living Planet Index of 2020, between 1970 and 2016, so less than 50 years, There was a 68% decrease in population sizes of mammals, birds, amphibians, and reptiles. 68%. So that's not a small number.
1: And actually, if I can add a little bit more um, numbers to that. In the last decade, 160
0: species completely got extinct. Wow. That's really sad. And I mean, species went extinct way before humans had anything to do with it but the fact that now we are responsible it's just Mm -hmm. um i mean to me that's a big weight to carry
1: yeah it's always sad to hear about like oh the last you know white rhinoceros is living in a natural park or something i i don't know it's sad to it's sad to live through the end of a species (laughs)
0: So our second point is the environmental disasters that come along with a changing climate. So for example, floodings, droughts, hurricanes, among others. In only the first six months of this year, 207 natural disasters were recorded, actually, which is above the 185 average of the last 20 years. That's crazy. So um, we are seeing more and more natural disasters each year that passes.
1: And. If I may, give my own personal account of one of those natural disasters.
0: Story time.
1: Um, my family and I were actually in Thailand in the beginning of this year and my family sails a lot and we were on a boat which was about like you know 40 feet so it's like a smaller boat it's not like those big uh, cruise boats. And when you're on this type of boat, you're always in contact with your base, uh, just to make sure like everything is okay, blah blah blah. And uh, it was towards the end of our trip, and we noticed that, you know, my my dad he always checks the temperature every day because it does have a lot of influence on our travels. And he was noticing that that like his measurements were indicating a lot of wind, a lot of rain, and everything, and. It was one night, we were, we were anchored in the ground and we were also uh, attached to a buoy. So that's like more extreme. Like normally we're just anchored or we have a buoy. But this time we had both because my dad was scared of like the boat like detaching or the anchor like kind of lif- lifting up. And I remember going to bed and um, I could not sleep. It was honestly scary. And when we woke up in the morning, we could see that no boats were around us. Whereas the night before, like a lot of boats were there. So we were like, mm-hmm, okay, this is strange. And we tried to call the base. We were like, okay, like what's going on? Like what's happening? Blah, blah, blah. And eventually they, they called back and they were like, whoa like we thought you were missing and we were gonna like send the navy after you because what? we thought because essentially there was a big uh hurricane uh, happening in the region of phuket and um it's very dangerous obviously to be on sea when a hurricane is happening so we had to rush back to base and everything was okay in the end but we almost got uh, escorted by the navy. But yeah, that was my own, <laughs> my own little story. Um, in the end, it wasn't, it you know, it wasn't terrible. We didn't live through the natural disaster, but it was a little bit scary.
0: It's still scary, yeah. And <laughs> waking up with only you guys being the only boat, that must have been a bit scary. <laughs> but I'm glad that you were at least you were anchored and everything. Like you weren't sailing when. The hurricane happened you know and now that you told us this story um, it leads us to our third point which is the humanitarian crisis that comes along with climate change so as climate change is evolving we're
1: seeing more and more climate migrants and so climate migrants are people being displaced uh, because of climate change so they have to move from regions to regions sometimes they have to move countries or even another they have to go to another continent um, and how inconceivable is that? Like having to move because climate change has gotten so bad that you can't
0: stay where you live right now. That's absolutely unimaginable. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Hopefully we can reverse it and stop seeing as many climate migrants. But there's predictions that say that climate migration will start to rise as the years go by. But we'll see how that evolves. Um, Anyways, we'll keep your interest for our episode on the subject, (laughs) where we'll be discussing precisely climate migration.
1: But one important thing to remember is that climate change affects population disproportionately. So the most vulnerable are being, and will continue to be, the most affected by climate change.
0: And ironically, they're generally the ones who pollute less. It's a whole issue, and that's where climate justice comes in. But... Um, sorry to keep doing this, but we'll talk about we'll that. We'll get back to that in a future episode. We'll get back to that, yeah. Because if not, we could just talk for hours here.
1: So now that you've hinted to a future episode, let me tell you a little bit about next week's episode, which is going to be all about how our own respective countries are dealing with climate change.
0: Yes, and not only will you hear about Canada and Chile, but we'll also have Ali and Alex here with us. Um, they're from Australia and Spain. So you'll have like a broader perspective to what countries are doing. Yeah. Thank
1: you for listening.
0: This was Charlotte. And Fernanda. We're two journalists from opposite sides of the world discussing current climate issues.
1: Tune in for the next episode of Four Corners.
0: In the meantime, make sure to check out our Instagram at 4 Project, where we'll be sharing information on the topics we discuss to make it easier and fun for you to get involved in the environmental discussion. New episode every Thursday.